Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. <laughs> really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really, who, who let this guy in? Access. That's what it's all about. Access, with most of it, of course, being about money, lots of money. That's what matters most now in college football, sadly. And the college football playoff is where all that money is and why everyone wants access to the playoff. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Knutson and the Commission. I'm Mark Knutson. He's Carl Benson, former commissioner of the Sun Belt Conference, the Mid-American Conference, and the Western Athletic Conference. This man has been in all the meeting rooms with all the major power brokers in college athletics, and his insight into the issues you're only going to get to, uh, right right here. Before we get into that, for the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars, past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two metro area locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Abs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Uh, good morning, Carl. Welcome back for another show. It's been a lot. There's been a lot of hand-wringing in the past few months about whether or not the current four-team college football playoff will or will be expanded. And if so, who will get access to that field of 12 or eight or 16 or whatever they end up with? Um, obviously, there's been some more realignment news that does have an impact on this. The American Athletic Conference is going to add about six teams. So um, it, this is all it's all tied together. Everything is in college sports. Um, but let's start by as you flat out. What are, the, what are the possibilities of having an expanded playoff field in 2022? Well, Mark, uh, I think that it's headed that way. And, and there may have been a a couple of bumps, the Oklahoma, right. Texas, the move to the SEC may have caused a stop sign, but uh, you know, I think ultimately there will be an expanded playoff. Uh, I think it, it will be more than eight um, and more likely, you know, will be the 12 that was, was proposed back in June by that, by that small committee. And, and I think yeah. that's important to remember that the, the four man committee or the four person committee, four men, um, that was that 12-team playoff um, also included that automatic sixth conference piece right. that was done intentionally to accommodate the group of five. Right. And, and even more importantly was to accommodate the American conference that had been pounding the drum, pounding the shoe on right. the table for right. several years about them being the, the Power Six Conference. Right. How they deserved an automatic into even the existing, you know, CFP, right. the existing playoff. Now that the American has lost three of its most prominent schools and is rebuilding, the Mountain West is trying to reshuffle to some extent. Conference mm -hmm. USA has been damaged. The Sun Belt is, you know, is on the verge of perhaps adding some schools. But the bottom line is that the group of five, as a group, has been minimized yep, we can. the loss of those three schools. Yep. And at the same time, 
the the other commissioners that weren't in the room when that proposal was created that included that guaranteed sixth spot are now asking the question you know is is the group of five does the group of five warrant merit an automatic yeah. spot yeah obviously um american athletic conference added six teams or is adding in the process of adding six teams, none of whom have the cachet of any of the teams they lost. Um, the programs they lost, Cincinnati ranked number two in the country right now in football. Um, so obviously this year's group of five representative is pretty clearly going to be Cincinnati, and they may be in the in the college football playoff itself, not just in the nearest six bowl games. So, um, but they're not going to be a, a group of five school anymore after this. So yeah, of the group of what's left, Boise State obviously is the marquee program still left. San Diego State to some extent they're nationally ranked, um, but the marquee and, programs and the, and the highest and the highest ranked ranked yeah, San Diego State yeah. right will be will be would be Coastal Carolina yeah and out which, of, out where of the are Sun they gonna Belt. where they're gonna be in the Sun Belt okay yeah out of the Sun Belt and they'll probably remain in the Sun Belt but in terms of evaluating the group of five post the American departure. Post the departure of Cincinnati and Houston, right. you know, and and UCF, and you evaluate what is left of those five conferences. Sixty-two or three schools are in that, you know, that bucket. Actually, now it's less than it's. Uh, right. It's going to be about 60, mm-hmm. 59 or sixty. Yeah, there'll be more. Uh, there will be more schools in the Power Five now than there are in Group of Five, right? In the Group of Five, yeah. and and of those Group of Five members. You know, Boise State is the most recent New Year's Day um, participant. Yeah, participant. Uh, Memphis is in that group mm-hmm. as well. Excuse me. Memphis was played in 2019 season, so they're the most recent. Then you have Boise State. Then there's a big drop off. Mm-hmm. You go all the way back to to Hawaii. You know, in 2007, Western Bowl. Michigan. Western Michigan played Cotton in Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Northern Illinois played in the Orange Bowl. Yep. But none of those teams won a game. Hawaii right. didn't win a game. Memphis didn't win a game. Western Michigan didn't win a game. Northern Illinois didn't win a game. So there, there's not a lot of history or argument to say that that the group of five warrants an automatic spot. And that's hard for me as a right. longtime member of the group of five from the days in the MAC to the days in the WAC to the days in the Sun Belt. It's hard for me to, to say that. Right. But at the end of the day, as as the, the revenue increases dramatically, those guaranteed spots are worth a lot of money. And there are ADs in the Power Five who have asked that question, why are we subsidizing these group of five schools? If you were, let, let's do this from both angles here. Let's say you were a Power Five conference commissioner and you're on the committee. How do you make a case for excluding the group of five schools? Or do you, or, or are, is that just, from a PR standpoint, is that bad for, for anybody to make that, try to make a case against keeping teams out? It, it is. It's, you know, it's, it's not the politically correct thing when you're, we're talking about, you know, inclusion rather than exclusion. Uh, I think that the way they get around it, and there's been this conversation before, and, and ESPN has even suggested this, is that you eliminate all automatics. Mm-hmm. And you simply, take, you simply take the 12 best teams at the end of the season regardless of conference affiliation and and you line them up one through 12 and and you do the seating process that that's been established and uh, you throw away all you know all conference affiliation mm-hmm. and and that you know when you think that's, about the, the fairest way 
then that's the fairest way. Now, the group of five would argue, you know, that they aren't looked at in the same lens as the power five. And, you know, and I, I've been, I've been on that side. I know what it's like, you know, for a, for a Boise state or for a Hawaii, not to get the credit that they deserve or, or this year, even to think that Cincinnati is being questioned at this juncture yeah. as being one of the top four teams. And, and everyone is, is starting to, you know, to create a set of circumstances that, that unless all this happens, Cincinnati's going to, you know, to, to get left out versus Cincinnati's a lock. If Cincinnati wins out, they're yeah. a lock. Yeah. And they should be a lock. That's right. But, but there's still, there's still this little, you know, wedge that's trying to create these other circumstances that, that the, that the second team from the SEC or a second team from, you know, the, the big, big 10, 10. Yeah. is going to, is going to, uh, you know, be picked instead of Cincinnati, which, uh, again, it's um, it, it's been frustrating over the course of time to to get the lack of respect. I remember one year, Mark, and it wasn't you know 2001 or two. Fresno State started the season and beat Colorado at yep, Colorado. That was 2001. Yeah, one. They went back home to play the number one ranked team in the country, Oregon State, and beat Oregon State at home. The next weekend, third week in a row, they traveled to Wisconsin and play a ranked Wisconsin mm-hmm. team and beat Wisconsin. They come back the next week, they're ranked number eight in the country. Yeah. And I remember telling our good friend Irv Brown on the radio that day that if if any other team in the country had just won those three games, they'd be ranked number one or two or three in the country. Yeah. And uh and so that, you know, that unfortunate, you know, bias has has always been against the the group of five and you know, and probably always will. I'm going to brush right past the fact that Oregon State was ranked number one because that's hard to imagine. <laughs> that was Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Erickson. Yeah, uh, his, his renegades, yeah. Um, there is a little bit of this season uh, that has a little bit of a 2007 vibe to it. You know, 2007 was the year of the upset. It was the year that the number two ranked team in the country lost like six weeks in a row or something like that. I mean, if you, you right. Google that year, you know, Appalachian State beat Michigan and all the things that happened. Only time we've ever had a two-loss national champion. LSU won the national title with two losses, both in overtime. But it was a it was an insane season. This season kind of creep, kind of mirroring that in a little bit of a way. I mean, Alabama getting beat and all that. But but way basketball does it, upsets don't matter quite as much in basketball because basketball takes an automatic qualifier and then you see the the, the best teams and all that. You don't you don't think that kind of formula would work. To, see, to find the best 12 automatic qualifiers from the six conferences and then the next six best. You don't think that'll work? Well, again, that's, that's what was proposed. And, but, but whether that, you know, that guaranteed sixth best conference is, is a, um, you know, should be a qualifier. Right. And, and you know, the, the years that, you know, that, you know, that should there be some type of performance standard maybe for all of the, the, the conference. Yeah guarantees football but, doesn't use rpi but maybe they should well but there's 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 various um analytics that right. you know that rank teams uh you know now that they've you know they've put the selections in the hands of you know 12 or 13 individuals right. and eliminated the the computers you know there's still analytics that that will rank sure. teams and so I, you know it's uh 
and the, and the RPI on the basketball side has been diminished a little bit with some of these other, you know, analytics that, that went into it. I think the big difference between the, the football championship and the basketball championship, one, the number of games that are played in a season, right. you know, 30, 30 plus games that are played, the number of maybe intersectional games that are played that, you know, that allow the NCAA committee a chance to, to really evaluate, um, you know, one team versus another outside of conference play. Um, so I think that's, that's always going to be limited and, and football, you know, the, you know, it was nice this week to see Gonzaga. I mean, who would have ever thought that Gonzaga was going to be the, you know, the preseason number one ranked team, AP poll yeah. in the country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we're seeing some of that breakthrough in terms of the blue bloods are always aren't, um, you know, aren't the, the favored ones, but I mean, it took Gonzaga 20 plus years to get where they are. Yeah. Right. And, and it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. And on the football side, it's also, I think much harder on the football side to, to maintain that, that momentum. Um, I mean, you know, somebody was talking about yesterday about how did Cincinnati get to where they are today? And it, and it started last year that they, they had their miracle season last year. They had a, a, a really, really good quarterback coming back. Um, they, they kept their coach. They kept their coach. Yeah. And then they had a couple of high-profile wins when they beat Indiana to start the season. Indiana was ranked. And then a win against Notre Dame is is always going to be that, you know, you know that signature that signature yep. win. So, you know, the stars, the stars are aligned for, you know, for Cincinnati. One other thing that, that happened is that Cincinnati ended the season last year at a high enough level that they started this, this year right. at a high enough to get to where they are. Yeah. Coastal Carolina, on the other hand, right. you know, again, they, they finished the season last year in the 20s and they've gotten to the 15, but they don't have any of those signature wins that, and they won't have a signature. No, they won't. All right. Now I'm going to ask you to put on a different hat, one you're very familiar with. Um, you're a group of five conference commissioner and you're in these meetings. How do you make a case for the group of five to be included in that 12 team playoff? The watered down group of five. Yeah. I I think that the only way is to, is to put a performance based on it that, uh, and again, if it goes to 12, if the, if the playoff goes to 12, that's the same standard that we had for years about you know, when Boise State got in in 2006, the standard was top 12. It, you know, in Hawaii the next year, top 12. And, and that wasn't, you know, that was just for one of the New Year's Day games. That wasn't for the playoff. Right. Now that the playoff has been uh, expanded or will be expanded to 12, maybe that 12 is a fair number. If you finish in the top 12, regardless of your conference affiliation, then you're going to get in. Now that the the downside there is if there's five automatics and one of those automatics is outside the top. Well, right. Exactly. And they bump a spot, but maybe, maybe you put a qualifier even for the, the, the power five that in order to get that automatic, you've got to be in the top. You've got to be in the top 12. Think about this though. They, they had this, uh, they have this nebulous alliance now between the ACC, the big 10 and the PAC 12. They're to protect each other's backs. So the Pac-12, given their recent history on the football field, the chances of their 
champion being outside the top 12 is decent, right? It's decent. Now, the SEC champ will be in there. The Big Ten champ will be in there. The Big 12 champ will be in there. ACC champ this year, usually yes. This year, maybe not. But um, those conferences are going to com- com- protect their own before they're going to protect the group of five by any by every stretch. So I, I don't see any scenario where the, <clears throat> the, group, the group of five doesn't have an automatic bid. Every champion have an automatic bid. But after that, could they get to the point where they say, okay, if second place finisher in this conference gets an automatic bid or whatever. And that would really muddy the waters for the group of five. If they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to take the, the SEC East and West division champions are both going to be in, um, you know, maybe we'll eliminate the playoff and we, or the, the SEC title game and say, both these two teams are going to be in something like that. I could see that being a hindrance to the group of five, because I think the automatic bids for the five conference title winners is a no brainer. That's going to happen. Well, but again, if, and there have been times when the conference champion hasn't been ranked in the top 20. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Pac-12, yeah. I mean, and, and you even go back to the, the, the infamous 1996 uh, season when, when BYU got knocked out of the Fiesta Bowl because Texas beat uh, upset Nebraska in the first yep. Big 12, 12 championship mm-hmm. game. And Texas got the automatic, and Nebraska got an at-large. Yep. And BYU, you know, went to the floor of the Senate to, you know, to scream antitrust. Uh, and the the WAC commissioner at the time, me, testified in front of the Senate that, you know, that uh, Jim Delaney and Roy Kramer, the commissioners of the Big Ten and SEC, were co-conspirators. And you talk oh. about somebody that walked out of those Senate chambers thinking that my career was. Uh, was toast, uh, and I see Jim Delaney and Roy Kramer standing outside the Senate rotunda waiting for me, and uh, they come up to me, and they said, boy, you were pretty tough on us, weren't you? And I looked at Jim Delaney, and I said, Jim, if you'd been in my shoes, you would have been a bigger you-know-what than I was, and he looked at me, and he says, you know something? You're right. I would have been, Yeah. and we shook hands, and we've remained friends and good colleagues, you know, since then, and and what it told me is that that as a commissioner, you're always going to, you know, to be that that advocate and that proponent of your conference, and that it depends on what hat you're wearing right. when, when you're in that room or when you're out there promoting your conference. So, uh, but uh, but in today's world, I just think that that uh, it, it's performance based. So why not? Just cap it at the, the top 12 ranked teams. And this year, Cincinnati, you know, would be in and, mm-hmm. and uh, as a member of the group of five. And next year, if Coastal Carolina runs the table and they, you know, if, if we're tracking that today and Coastal Carolina is, is the highest ranked group of five team here on, you know, October 20th, and they're 15, they're ranked 15 in the country and they got to get to 12. You know, there's a little bit of nail biting time yeah. coming down the you know down the stretch, but yeah. uh, you know in 2007 Hawaii was undefeated going into their last game of the season, Mark, and they played the University mm-hmm. of Washington, and uh, and it went into overtime and it was late in the night, and I remember flying back the next morning from Honolulu to Denver, you know keeping my fingers crossed that that Hawaii was going to stay in that number 12 spot. To get the, you know, to get the uh, after the beating after there. beating Washington, after beating Washington, yeah. right? And uh, they did, and you know, they ended up playing in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, 
you know, let 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 them play it on the field. Let them play yeah. it on the field. I think I I think that's going to be a tough argument. Uh, but but here's another another flip side of this. Right now, the Big Ten has what five teams in the top ten. They do. Would you allow under your scenario? I mean, it's not going to finish that way because they got to play each other, but. Would you allow multiple teams, more than two or maybe three or four teams from the same conference, be in that field of twelve? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you know. I don't think you can limit the number. Um, and again, if if you strictly go by performance and selection, that if the Big Ten or the SEC has four teams in the top twelve, so be it. Um, but but that's you know we're talking you know we started the show off by talking about access, right? And you know. The access that the group of five has received going forward, besides the amount of money that comes with it, right. the access has improved and has has been fairer. You know, each time there's yes. been a change, right? True. And and if this playoff goes to twelve, and the top twelve teams are in this playoff and have a chance to play for the national championship. What more can the group of five want? And if all the other automatics are eliminated, then the group of five doesn't have any, you know, any complaints. Right. And, and the other conferences, you know, should be able to, you know, to perform. And if they perform, they, they get rewarded. If that were to be the case, I could see this. I mean, and this is hard to imagine, but they would probably go ahead and eliminate the conference championship games, don't you think? Because that's just a yeah. chance to lose and have somebody it drop is. out. So, it is, but it's also a chance to get another team in. If you've got a team, if you've got a team, you know, if, if the number fourteen team is a division champion and they they knock off number two, number two's not going to fall out of the out of the top twelve, and right. and the second team gets in. So, you know, you can you can create the scenarios as to you know, what's, what's the advantage, disadvantage of those championship games. But, uh, but it's still 12 teams sure seems like a, like a fair number to me. Okay. So right now, as things stand right now, we, we expect that 12 team playoff to get approved in December, right? With an expanded committee voting on it, the same people voting on it, probably more people involved in, in the process now, don't you think? Well, the, at the end of the day, it's still the, you know, the, the 10, presidents and chancellors of the 10 conferences and the president of Notre Dame. Right. So the board of directors of the CFP is 11, the management committee, which are the 10 commissioners and the athletic director of Notre Dame are the ones that, that voted on the proposal back in, in late June. And I don't, you know, they never gave the vote, but it was a, it was a majority of the 11 management committee mm-hmm. 10 commissioners one ad that then you know forwarded on that that uh, recommendation that came out of the four person the commissioner of the sec the commissioner of the big 12 commissioner of the mountain west and the notre dame athletic director that was this that was the committee that mm-hmm. committee's now been dissolved right okay okay and it's right. now in the hands of the 11 Amen management the 10 commissioners so uh, so they'll probably take the six new year's day bowl games and make those the first round games right of the playoff i mean how do you you foresee because the bowls could be affected by this too right they're not gonna probably not gonna add bowl games but they add playoff games so do you think there's there's some there's some there's some sensitivity to how those bowls are going to to be included especially 
uh, the Rose Bowl, how the Rose Bowl is impacted in all this. Um, you know, one of the, the recommendations was that first round games would be played on campus sites. Uh, there's hmm. been some, there's been some pushback on that, that uh, why risk, a, you know, a first round game in, in Ann know, Arbor, Michigan, yeah. Ann Arbor or, you know, or someplace North. But uh, so I know that that's up for, for consideration. Um, you know, the buys, uh, they've talked about, you know, whether the buys are, are legit or not. Um, but I still think there's still some of the mechanics still need to, to be worked out. But um, what do you think is the best plan? I think that the um, I liked I liked the, the four buys. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, I don't have a problem with those home sites. I think that that's a, um, you know, a, a benefit. Now, the, the four buys, you know, the first the top four teams end up not getting a chance to play a home game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they, they're, they're talking about that they'd like to have that chance from a fan standpoint and a right. revenue standpoint, projected revenue, but, uh, you know, I, I like, you know, what was proposed last July. Um, you know, I was, I was okay. I would have been okay with that format. And, and so how did the bowl, how were the bowl, how were the bowl? I would have told, I would have said that coming out of there. In fact, I remember, I sent Craig Thompson a note after that was proposed with that automatic, you know, that sixth automatic. Mm-hmm. I sent a note to Craig and I said, I said, your commissioner colleagues, you know, ought to be calling you and, and congratulating you on getting that piece put forward because that was a huge, huge bonus for the group of five. Now I'm predicting that that's going to be withdrawn. Just mm. one man's opinion. Well, that, that would be a shame. I mean, again, we're all we're probably, this is all heading towards a super conference. We understand that eventually this group of five right now it's 69 teams. You think it might end up at 80 teams. At not, some the, point. not the group of five, the power, five. Or power five. I'm sorry. You're right. And you think that might, that might end up around 80 teams. Um, will set their own set standards. They'll make their own rules. They'll have their own games and so on and so forth. And, it, and college football will look a lot different than it does right now, probably within what, five years or so. Yeah, I think um, we're trending. We're trending that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you throw in, you throw in all the, the other pieces, whether it's the transfer portal or whether it's the NIL or whether it's the, you know, the Supreme Court ruling on the Alston case in terms of, of compensation. And uh, I, I just think that, that there, there are going to be, there's going to be a, a division of who wants to play under those right. sets of rules. Right. Or not necessarily who wants to, who can, who can to yep, who can play under that set of rules versus the others. So it uh, it may not be, you know, we used to. I used to think that it might be as many as eighty. It it may mm-hmm. even shrink down to sixty. Who knows? I said sixty four is the right number, just because it fits well into a four a four team bracket, like right. college basketball used to be. So I yeah. you know, I wouldn't be shocked if if some teams that are in that group now aren't in that group. I wrote about this a few weeks ago that the, the Vanderbilts of the world might not end up being in that group because of what you just said, don't decide, decide football is not that big of a priority here at this school. We're going to, we're not going to, you know, we can't play poker at this table. Right. So however it turns out, the group of five is going to remain. They're going to stand through all this in some capacity. That, um, you know, who knows, maybe the bowl, most of the bowl games won't be included in that new format. Who knows if they'll include the bowl games, maybe, the, the Mountain West champions hosting the Rose Bowl at some point. I mean, you know, you don't know how, how things are going to shake down. All we know is that everything's just wildly unpredictable. Um, 
this year, obviously, we've got the same standard four-team playoff. Could be Cincinnati if they went out um, to be part of that, which would be historic. Uh, never happened before. Uh, the other bowl games will fill out with, with teams. Is the playoff, in your opinion, probably going to happen the following season that quickly, or are we two or three years away from the play- no, I, an expanded I, I, playoff? Yeah, I think that the earliest would be the 23 season. And again, one of the things we haven't talked about today, too, that still needs to be um, decided and determined is is the role that ESPN plays and whether yeah. whether the the committee and the board of the CFP, you know, allows for the you know the, this ESPN you know exclusive rights right. to you know to the to a, to an extension, or does it run its course and and then you know the the possibility of including multiple networks? Right. Yeah, which is what the NFL does, obviously. Correct, and and there is a there is a belief that that to maximize the overall revenue of this twelve team playoff, that to have a second network involved. Yeah. Could be could be really significant. Yeah, I don't see with with Fox. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if if it if it got delayed to allow for those multiple networks. Yeah, to, to that makes out. sense. I mean, Fox is so heavily involved in it now, and CBS has the SEC and all that. I, it's hard to imagine that ESPN would get an exclusive. Hard to imagine the ESPN would want to put up the money that's going to that exclusive is going to cost them because uh, obviously those cost more than just regular media rights. But yeah, we'll talk media rights in, in, a, in a future program for sure, because I think that's a big part of it. That was the Air Force uh, athletic director's main complaint about the Mountain West when he talked about moving his team to the AAC, which ultimately didn't happen. He talked about the media rights, which again is going to change now with the American losing those three marquee programs. So that's, that's a lot going on. It's been the driving force behind conference realignment all along. Um, and it'll be something we can touch on in future programs because you're right. That's that pay, plays a huge role in all of this. It does, and in the meantime, uh, you know, until next week, we will we will sit and, and uh, see whether or not the American finalizes their their six team additions mm-hmm. and see what impact that has on Conference USA and the Sun Belt. Yep. Uh, and you know, and and does the Mountain West, uh, you know, as they say, they have know decided to uh to sit and wait this out um and my my old my old conference my first conference the mid-american conference uh you know kind of solid as a rock solid as a rock the the stability the stability of the mac so long long live the mac well it's going to be fun to watch not only the end of this season but how things play out off the field too as we move forward hey carl thanks really good stuff again great information we will uh, we'll touch on media rights next week and we'll see we'll kind of explain to people Streaming is going to be a big thing, right? Streaming is part of this too. Now it's not just the cable carriers anymore that, you know, CSU fans were complaining last week about the CSU New Mexico game being on this on stadium, which is an app. I have it on my TV. I didn't have any problem watching the CSU game, but some people are, Oh, I can't watch it on my cable. Got to get used to that. Right. Cause there's going to be a lot of changes in media rights. The two, the two words that we need to need to get into the vernacular yep. linear, linear yep. and digital. Okay. Linear is the, is the traditional, Digital is the is the new uh, uh, new times. So. All right, man. That's next week. Okay. Stay with you us. Thanks, Carl. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.